This is Chris Helton of uh, the Dorkland blog, and I am talking with Donna Pryor. Hello. And, and various crowd noises. <laughs> we try to find a quiet place. Well, it's you can only get so quiet at Gen Con, really, unless it's three in the morning, and then even then, it, there's a chance somebody's going to do, be doing Slight, something. Giant like, game of werewolf going yeah, on or something. Yeah. Um, so you're a a video game developer or a computer. Uh, why don't you here? Rather than me say something stupid, why don't you tell me? <laughs> Yeah, I, so I'm the community manager for the MMO RPG game uh, Gods and Heroes Realm Rising, uh, and I work for Heatwave Interactive, which is based in Austin. It's an indie dev studio. Yeah, I met you because somebody we know in common on Twitter retweeted you at some point, and I think I probably... I, that's just my phone. <laughs> um, I think at some point somebody retweeted you and I probably said something smarmy and this is what I usually do when I first meet people And but you still talk to me so it must not have been that bad <laughs> I love Twitter it's um, it's a really great way to meet people and yeah. it's, it's enabled me to find people here at Gen Con even though you're tweeting back and forth the whole time yeah. you know I'm over here I'm over here I'm over here eventually if you stand still you're going to run into somebody you know you know, I'm really surprised that somebody hasn't tried that somebody wasn't didn't try to organize like a a tweet up a tweet yeah of some sort. You there know, actually has been uh, the uh, there's a I'm hashtag. Not cool enough to find oh, it. Apparently. you'll find it now. So um, remember when I was there was like a whole bunch of people that were giving advice about Gen Con last yes. week. Yes. So every Thursday, this is what I found. What up? The uh, on Thursday night on Twitter, there's a hashtag called RPG Chat. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's, because uh, I've been trying to uh, run into um, D20 Blonde. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen her either. And the... Uh, so, yeah, they, they had a coffee tweet up, I think That's it was this morning. That's probably how I, I ran into you on Twitter was probably through her then. Uh, about no, because like, we've been on Twitter together longer. I really? just found her this like no, a week ago. I don't know. Oh, so, well. yeah. It's through somebody we know. It might have been through Phil. Because you know Phil Reed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm constantly harassing him on, on on there. I told him that that I was going to continue to, to send him tweets about car wars throughout the weekend. That, that was a very cruel prank that <laughs> oh. he pulled today. <laughs> Which um, today? Oh no, that was that was yesterday. When he was, the, yeah, what he was yeah, talking about. Oh, we sold out on Thursday. No, you didn't hear what he did before then. Oh, That's the second time he did that. He um, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday he tweeted. Guess what's coming out for Christmas? Car Wars. Oh, no. And then, like, ten minutes later, just kidding. <laughs> I was talking to him either last night or the night before, and he said, you have, he's, he goes, the stuff you see on Twitter is, is uh, mild compared to what I get in email. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can imagine. You don't screw with Car Wars fans, Phil. Well, you know, <laughs> you know that's what I, I learned as a community manager. It's, you know, when you're managing your development team, um, you know, a lot of people wonder why, you know, well, why do they never answer my questions or, you know, give opinions? And the problem is, is that all you have to do is have one person that says, oh, that's a really, really great idea. I'd love to see that. And then they go, they're going to put it in game. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a hard balance of being yeah. able to say, you know Be- what, you have a really great idea. Why don't you go to our suggestion box right. and leave it there mm-hmm. so people can see it um, without... You know, agreeing. Oh man, I'd love to do that because that 
it, it makes that connection that somebody might use something that they created. And yeah, I have a friend in the UK that I know through Second Life because I, 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 yeah, I do Second Life, and, but she does community manager stuff over in the UK. And she was always telling me these, you know, horror stories about somebody saying the wrong thing in the wrong place. And, you know, the next thing she knows, she's up 10 hours trying to explain to everyone that uh, that wasn't really what he meant. Yeah. So luckily, the, I have a, we have a, a pretty mature team. And I'm not talking about in age, but the fact that most of them have worked in games. A lot of the people that I work for have worked for... Uh, uh, like Sierra Online, uh, the original Origin Systems mm-hmm. have worked on Ultima Online, and they've worked on Meridian Fifty Nine. All these older yeah. MMOs, um, so you know they know not to do that thing because they've all been burned before. Well, Phil should know better, but he just he likes sticking his hand into the fire. Yeah, yeah. And some people just like to do that. But nobody's gonna, you know, he doesn't have a community manager telling him stop trolling the community. No, he probably doesn't. <laughs> But if he's looking for one, I can suggest one. <laughs> um, well, for those that don't that don't probably know what a community manager is, what what sort of things does a community manager do? What's what's like a semi? Because uh, I'm sure you don't have very many average days. But what's a, what's a semi-average day? In, uh, in so life? my my average, mostly average day. What I try to do every day, in a, in a specific order. <laughs> Is when I get in, the first thing I do is hit up the um, hit up social media and check, you know, our Facebook, our Twitter to see if people are having a problem, people have questions, or somebody's just been a jerk, and then I can go and, and yeah. take that away. Because Facebook, a lot of times, people will, you know, if you ever been visit a message board, you'll see somebody will reply. With I, I'm first. a gamer. Yes, I've yeah. been so on I delete boards. them and, and block them and yeah. uh, so I'll just go in there see if anybody needs help because a lot of people are afraid to go to game forums because they've visited ones that are have, not friendly. Yeah, when somebody asks yeah. a question. And, you know, you may have somebody, you know, 20 people a day asking the same question. Yeah. And so a lot of people don't like to do that. They'll leave you a message on uh, Facebook or Twitter. Right. And then I hit the forums, make sure that there's, you know, that there's nothing huge, like there was a big server crash or, you know, a variety of things where people can't get help. They've right. got an outstanding ticket. So I usually t- try to take in uh, customer service issues and talk with the customer service team. Um, so that way they can tell me if there's something that's a bug that's come up a lot with mm-hmm. people or there's some other kind of thing going on. Uh, and then I just check in to see if we're publishing any updates or if we got any news. Mm-hmm. And from there, then uh, a lot of meetings and another meeting and, and another meeting fun. and then a lunch meeting. And then I try to bring some sort of news or conversation. You know, we mm-hmm. the nice thing about being on an indie uh, studio, a small studio, is that we get to uh, really talk to. So I don't have to use marketing words like interface. We're going to interface with our players. I can just say, I can get on there and talk to the dudes yeah. and the chicks and everybody that's there. And we have a conversation, you know. And um, also the nice thing about indie studios is that people can make suggestions. And we may, well, there's things that we've done in our game um, that we say, you know what, that's a really great idea. Well, it'll be in the next patch. And then we make it happen because yeah. it's something simple that we know we can do. Right. And um, I do interviews. I do uh, live events. 
uh, so conventions, mm -hmm. you know, and, and yeah, doing demos of the game. I run contests. Uh, right now, I'm running one that's a fan fiction contest. Oh, and that sounds like that that will be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I love fan fiction. Uh, well, I love good fan fiction. <laughs> There's a lot of bad, bad fan fiction, the, but yeah. when you have a passionate community of people that are passionate about what you're doing, uh, they can come up with some great stories. Well, and it, and you know, it, it makes them feel involved in things and mm -hmm. that helps with you know the development of a, of a community feeling which yeah. is what a, I'm sure a big part of your job is is you know trying to make people feel like they're yeah. a part of something yeah when I see things that you know there's there's things that might uh, get out of hand or something that if so, a whole bunch of people have the same problem but maybe they didn't turn in tickets they didn't open a ticket for it or whatever they're like well I guess it's just a bug well, you know, if I engage them directly in a conversation, it's just like, well, maybe it's not a bug. Maybe it's a bug that we didn't know existed. So please put in a ticket and let me know the number. And then I can talk to the team and just say, hey, guys, have you heard about this before? And then they say, no, we haven't. Then I can go back to the community and say thank you. Yeah. Uh, we had a recently an issue uh, with some translations that was causing a client issue with our uh, file that contains all the translations. And so the German community, um, one guy got everybody to start troubleshooting it, just himself, and then told us that if you do X, Y, and Z, this is what happens. Hmm. And so I could go to the dev team and go, hey guys, we could test this because of X, Y, Z, and that we're able to fix that. Right. You know, we were able to fix that same uh, the same day, I think it was. Because it was something that wasn't all that difficult. So, you know, we encourage everybody to uh, participate. Right. Now, um, I would imagine as, as an indie company in uh, your line that you're probably not a very big studio. No. Um, my game has, uh, I think, 30 people on it, as opposed to something like The Old Republic, which has 300. Right. You know, because uh, the, the, and we're in an interesting situation because uh, Gods and Heroes was originally developed by Perpetual Entertainment mm -hmm. um, a few years back, and it won awards at E3, and you know, and, you know, it was really, really big at the time, and was going to be published with uh, Sony Online's uh, platform publishment. And I became aware of the game because I was working on Pirates of the Burning Sea back then, mm -hmm. and so that's when I first got to see the game and join the beta and. Uh, what's really great about it is that we have people from that perpetual team who have come to work on the game again. Oh, so it's cool. been really great for yeah. them to be able to ship the game that they originally worked on yeah. and develop. So we've had to bring it into kind of like today's world with uh, improving the graphics, improving the animations, improving the combat, and uh, and then add a whole bunch of stuff. Because back then, there was no Quest Helper. Mm -hmm. You know, these a lot of the mods that are playing what we, we keep calling them, you know, newer MMOs or more modern MMOs, have a lot of features in them that didn't exist when Gods and Heroes was originally developed, mm -hmm. when EverQuest was developed, and, and all these other games. And so we've been able to add people under the team who can create those. So then yes. now we do have, you know, these different items in the maps. We have. You know, quest trackers. We we have our community is really great because it's an older community, and they don't want the hints. They want to be able to figure out how to do everything themselves. And so, if they choose to, they don't have to have the hints, and they get a small XP bonus. Oh, see, now that's that's kind of cool. I mean, that remind. I remember when I was a kid when computer games. Were... Oh, that's my. Oh, okay. I was just like, 
my phone's never made that sound before. <laughs> um, I know when I was a kid back in the in the in the dark ages of computer games, um, a, a friend of mine and I in high school sitting for a weekend in front of his computer trying to play the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy game, mm-hmm. and it just it took us most of that weekend to get out of the first room. Yeah. <laughs> but but damn it, we loved it. We we. <laughs> We were frustrated as hell, but but we were having a good time being frustrated, trying to do the exact things that we needed to do to get out of that first room. Well, I think the, the great thing about what we've done, how we've done with these additions to the game, is made them optional. Mm-hmm. So if you like, uh, you know, the more difficult gameplay right. of well, I have to go figure out what this is, as opposed to opening up your map and seeing something on the map that tells you where to go. Right. Is that you have to pay attention to the surroundings. You have to pay attention to the lay of the land. Yeah, because everyone like really, I mean, you know, no two gamers really want the, necessi- exactly the same sort of experience. Yeah. yeah. So it is good when you can support all different, you know, as many different play styles as possible. Yeah. Um, <coughs> uh, what exactly, t- give uh, give us a little bit about the, the background of the game. The, you know, the, the setting, the... Uh, well, Gods and Heroes Rome Rising is, um, well, it's set in Rome. That's know. a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so you, you know your whole thing is that um, you're you know this great um, person who's gone out there and you've been in battles and you've had a family and you have a village and uh, you've been able to build up your property and all this and then there's the Telkin gods who have come in and they want to take your power. You're a demigod, mm-hmm. and so what they do is want to find all the demigods and steal their power to make the, the, them more powerful. And so they come in and they raise your estate to the ground, kill your family, kill all the people on your estate, all your slaves, and uh, everybody, essentially. That's a good motivation to start. Yeah, so it's not like, oh, go kill, you know, ten rats, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, for this setting, you're right right at the front. It's like, we're going to kick some Telkeen ass. That's in the first quest. It tells you that. And your quest is to, you know, regain your powers and rebuild your estate and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, you, we have the estate system where you can go in and as you complete quests, it builds up your estate, which gives you bonuses. And, and then we also have the minion system. So uh, there's other games that have minion system, like Guild Wars mm-hmm. and things like that. So you have a party that you build up. And we have a lot of different minions that you'll encounter. Some of them are human, some of them are not. Mm-hmm. And um, you'll be able to, um, eventually we're going to have a crafting component. And so you'll be able to have your minions do some of these gathering for you, building for you. And one of the things we've done is that when you build your state on that server, on one of the servers, like let's say Mars, if you build your state there, every character on Mars will share that same estate. Okay. So it makes it easier when you're you're creating an alt character. Mm-hmm. So if you've gotten up to level 30 and you're like, well, you know, I got a, you know, I've been playing a gladiator. Now I want to play a priest. So if you have built up the temple, you know, as your gladiator, if you finish that, then when your uh, priest hits. The, the, the temple, they'll get the XP bonuses already, and so it's going to help That's you. Yeah, yeah, it's going to help you uh, move ahead and not have to suffer through, you know, with, with the grind. But nobody right. likes a grind. No, no. 
No, the grind is never fun. Now, is this a, this a subscription game? It is. It is. You can buy it by the box on Amazon.com, uh, GameStop. Um, we sell it in Germany. We sell it in Switzerland. We sell it in the UK. So you can get it at uh, THQ. Sells it for us. They've distributed it in uh, Europe. And uh, you can also get it at Steam. So you can get it straight from a download, or you can buy directly from our website. Now, do you, it is uh, talking about all the places it's available. Uh, it does, do you have a larger? Uh, what's what's the demographic of your your audience? Uh, depending on the time of day, yeah. um, we have a um, we have a lot of people in Europe that play, mm-hmm. and the UK, and uh, a lot of people from the US. We actually have some soldiers in Afghanistan that play when they can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the city is really, the, the theme is really compelling to Europe because this all happened, yeah. you know, in you know in, in Europe. So uh, we have a really great French community, mm-hmm. and we haven't localized the game in French, but they've been really helpful and really positive. So if, you know, if we get a much bigger base, then eventually we hope to be able to... Uh, you know, localize it in French. And um, so right now it's localized in German, in English. Oh, and the subscription for the U.S. is $9.99 a month. That's not too bad. Yeah. No. Um, I think I may have run out of questions. We have a collector's edition, too, that you can get from Amazon or GameStop, uh, online only. Do you get cool extra stuff with that? We do. It comes with a cloth map. It has some uh, prototype Roman dice that comes in a little dice bag. Oh, is that like those little, the, like the, 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 the Roman D20s that were circulating around the Internet a couple of years no, ago? No, these are D6s. Uh. These are D6s, and, um, and then you get the soundtrack. And you get buddy codes, and you get minions. So you actually have some a lot of really great in-game rewards oh, that's, for, that's, buy it for when you buy a retail right. box. And you get um, you get extras when you buy the collector's edition. Okay. Um, since you were mentioning earlier when we were talking in the um, exhibition hall about uh, the game, the tabletop games you were playing, um, not in a, uh, I'm trying to think of phrases, not in a way that you know. Tabletop is cool. Computer sucks, or vice versa. How how do you compare the you know just your general experience with tabletop play as opposed to? Is yeah, that a my, weird question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are Gen Con and we are exhausted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've had I've had like seven or eight hours of sleep I think over the last week. So. <laughs> Yeah, what is it? Uh, we're supposed to have what? Five hours of sleep, two meals, two hot meals a day, and one shower. Yeah. And we just cross our fingers that happens for everyone, yeah. especially the shower. Yeah. No, I've been running into a, a few people that I'm not sure if the shower has been happening. Yeah. It's, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, Although that's that when, like we were talking earlier about um, seeing more women and children, I do think that um, it does the. I'm trying to think of a nice way to put it. The. Um, the more, the less socially adept don't seem to be quite as problematic as they can be sometimes. Uh, actually, that hasn't really changed much at all. Oh, uh, well, I mean that I have, but yeah. then of course my experience, you know. Yeah. 
So, you know, I mean, there's been great experiences, and, and I, I wrote a blog piece uh, for, you know, when I was at the PAX East in Boston, and, you know, what it's like to be a woman coming to a, a game convention. Right. Um, is that the only people who would that talk to me, and I didn't hit the tabletop, you know, I have to be honest, it, mostly in the video game, because I was working in a booth. Right. And as I walked around, it not counting people I already knew, the only people that actually talked to me and tried to get me to play the game was the uh, people in the Wii booth. And mm. it was all casual games for girls and women. And so, you know, nobody wanted to talk to me about Duke Nukem. No, Duke Nukem. Nobody wanted to talk to me about L.A. Noir, which I was really interested in. And yeah, I sat around, really and cool. you know, they were calling out to people all over the place, and nobody asked me if I was interested in checking out a demo. Um, you know, by the way, because I worked for on the Old Republic, that's a little bit difficult because I know almost everybody working in the booth. Yeah. So, um, but there's, you know, they're very welcoming. It's a very welcoming, and you're just like, here, come check this out. Everybody loves Star Wars. Yeah. And um, you know, I just, uh, it, it's it's weird because I just I, I don't really get that that sort of mindset because um, I mean I've. I was talking to someone uh, a couple of days ago here, and I said, you know, I've always had, even back when I was in middle school when I first started playing, there's always been at least one or two girls and women, well, girls then, women now, mm -hmm. um, in you know every group that I've had, and it, I see people online just kind of going bonkers about gaming with a woman, and it's like, What's the big deal, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, there's, uh, you know, some of it's habit. Yeah. Um, when I first started, when I first wanted to play D&D, we're talking like 1982. And so the nerds, you know, a lot of the nerds that I hung around with um, didn't want me to play because they're like, oh, this is a wow. guy's game. You know, dudes play this. But that's all they knew. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that there were game stores out there. I didn't know that there was gaming conventions um, I didn't know that. It was... I didn't know that when I started out either. Well, yeah. So, but, uh, I mean, like I said, I never thought it because the first group that I had, I, well, I had that I was in when I was, I started gaming when I was 11 in 1979. And um, the first group that I was in had three girls in it. One, two of them were uh, our age and one was, we had a mix of, of, of uh, some high school kids and and a few of us from middle school, so and we always we always had actually we ended up with it almost like half and half at one point. Yeah. And so I, maybe just because I went into that right from the get go, it I guess you know the opposite would is what seems weird to me. Just having a, a group of just a bunch of you know sweaty middle aged white guys sitting around the room. It just seems kind of weird. Yeah, it, it was just weird to me. My first game group was uh, came up. I was working down uh, on the Riverwalk in San Antonio, and I was working bartending and waiting tables, and was at the hangout of all the other people. All the other river rats hung out, and one of the guys was like, "Hey, you want to join our D and D group?" And I said, "No, girls don't play D and D." And he says, "That's crap." He goes, "I got two women that are already in my group. Why don't you come play?" And I said, "Well, I don't know how to play." And I, you know, I kind of felt because of my original, 
you know, oh, well, we can't teach you, you'll never understand this. And there's a lot of conditioning because at the time it was, well, you know, you're obviously, your grades can't get into college, so you should just go to beauty school and take home ec. And, you know, I started high school in 1979. Yeah. So that was in Texas. Yeah. So, well, yeah. You know, there's a whole lot of girls don't do that. Yeah. Back, back then. And um, well, I so I, I had a small town grade. here in Indiana. So I'm, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of small town. And like this tattoo I have, which I know y'all can't see, it's, uh, <laughs> but it's uh, my very first D&D character. Oh. So I got a tattoo of her in oh, like so, 1988. So you and Vin Diesel. Huh? You and Vin Diesel. Yeah, Vin Diesel. <laughs> and, uh, and so I've been playing ever since. Yeah. And um, yeah, once once it gets its hooks in you, it really never yeah. goes away. But on the other hand, I'm really spoiled because my first gaming group was the best gaming group I've ever been in. And it, we, we used to have regular audiences of people that would come over <laughs> when we would play because we were the role-playing was important, not yeah. the mechanics right. or anything like that. So, you know, there was at one point where we had this whole big epic thing happen, and it was horrible, and we had to fight each other. Uh, and we were almost in tears, you know, after being in a campaign, not right. just playing yeah. some games, being, being in a true campaign and, you know, over a couple yeah, of years. I think that's one thing I think is really, the focus has really changed from it, the way gaming, you know, having been in it for 30 years now, it's like, um, you know, the the types of games that, that were in, interesting or important to us back then and the types of games that are getting pushed um, now are just really too incredibly. It was uh, uh, one of my uh, friends that I'm here with. He's here with his son. His son's 15. This is the first time he's been to a, a, a big gaming convention. And um, so he wanted to go to play, you know, uh, RPGA D&D events and so the two of them went into this four hour D&D game which I can't even imagine doing and he said it was two combats in that four hours Yeah. and he was like I've never been so bored in my entire life and I mean I remember when I was a kid if we had done something like that we probably we would have just gone is there like a movie or something we could be watching now instead this really isn't much fun yeah I think that um, you know the, the great thing of doing like encounters and RPGA and, and doing this is there's a lot of people who don't have anybody to play with right and so when they come to events you know that four hours is a treasure to them no matter what they're doing because they're doing what they want to do right. with other people so you know it, it yeah, I'm not trying to knock. Yeah, the, the, but, but I, it it's, just, it's, it's it's you know it's it's got a different thing. I mean, I'm a campaign person. I can't yeah. just lightly. I, well, I did a game demo earlier about Desolation. It's two right. hours, but I knew already I was going in, and it was going to be you know here's a start, here's a stop. Right. So kind of thing, and we were having so much fun. You know, it was just like two hours just yeah. went so fast, and I could have sat there and played for another couple yeah. hours. Um, and we also only had so, a couple combats, but we did yeah, so much role play yeah. that it was so much well, fun. Well, and, and like we were talking earlier, I said that's that's a system that really um, rewards you mechanically for you know doing that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. So you're, the more you invest in it, the you know the the better it gets for you because you right. you know you get the um, style points. That's what it yes. was. Style points. You get the style points, and then you know when you have them, you can do amazing things with right. them for your party. Yep. You know, so so you know, it's 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 really great. The more everybody does it together and really gets in it, so we're all strangers yep. sitting down and you know just gonna sink in it without that 
like this guy. I don't know that guy. It's just like everybody just, you know, you're in there for a specific reason. It's because you love games and you, you want to play more games. So, you know, they, it, it's hard right now. There's. I went to a, a panel on, uh, and this was a discussion on Facebook with a bunch of people who are game designers and for tabletop. Right. And it's for Northwest Con, which is a big con up in Seattle, mm-hmm. which is easy to get people to speak at because it's there's so you know Watsies up yeah. there and all these people yeah. up there. So they, um, the panel up there is everybody keeps saying tabletop is dying. And so my counterpoint was that it's not dying; it's stagnating yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, I would. It's and it's definitely. I mean, it's shrunken. It, well, making it more inclusive for people of all ages, for gender, or yeah. So, whatever. like one guy went on a diatribe about fourth edition D and D, and what it was originally dressed is that there's a game for everybody, and you should never. You know, talk down or bash whatever their people are playing. If you don't like it, it's it's okay not to like it. Right. But this guy was talking about how, uh, you know, he just thought it ruined D and D, and it was this and this and this and that. And a guy, you know, on another guy stood up and he said, "You know what? I've only played video games all my life. I've been playing video games, and you know, because of you know this fourth edition thing came out, my friends and I all decided to try it, and we love it." Yeah. We never thought we would like tabletop gaming ever. Yep. And so it's, you know, this guy's going on this diatribe talking about, oh, video gamers and that and that. And really, we're all in it for the same thing. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and that's the, the nice thing about there being so many. I mean, there is so much, there's so many games that are out there right now. I mean, there, there, are, there are probably more new games in the last, just, I'd say maybe five years tabletop than there probably have been in the last 30 years that I've been a gamer. Right. And, you know, if if D&D of whatever flavor isn't your thing, there's a dozen other games out there that well, and, and you know, here's, a, here's a good, this is one of my, I'm always talking about gateway games. Right. Whether it's like Pooh, uh, Rowboat, um, you know, games that you can pick up and play really right. quick. Right. Um, the What I've been playing a lot is uh, Nuts. I know that. It's, uh, you're, tr- it's you're, you're all squirrels trying to take each nuts. You know, poo is monkeys flinging poo at poo. each other. Clean this monkey wins. Oh, is that the one that, um, um, is that the game by the, the people that do Cthulhu Attack? Um, well, they were publishing it uh, previously, okay. and oh, I believe so Sandstorm some... has it now. Oh, okay. And yeah, because that's a card game. Yes, right? it's a yes. card okay. game. Okay, yeah. I, I was trying to make sure I was thinking of the same. Yeah, and so there's like Apples to Apples, yeah. there's Dixit. Dixit is one of my favorite. That I don't know. Uh, so it's kind of like an Apples to Apples if you think of the fact that there's a judge and mm-hmm. other people using cards. Mm-hmm. But it's, So it's a French, French game, and it's um, the... Uh, uh, so you have art, and you have these just amazing art that can tell a million stories. And so you have the storyteller who tells the story, and then everybody tries to match it up. And then points are added out based on how you vote. And you know, I don't want to get into too much to kind of give it away, but uh, you know how to how to game the game. Yeah. But um, but it brings people in who. You say, well, you know, I don't really play tabletop games because they think that all games are 12 hours, you know. Right. If somebody says, you know, if people are saying, well, you know, let's play a quick game of Arkham Horror, I'm like, really? 
Is there a quick game of Arkham Horror? Well, if everybody knows what they're doing, and you could just, everything's already laid out, and you could jump right in, you may be able to put it down in a few hours. Yeah. But, you know, so that's why it's good to have it. But another one of my favorites is, um, like, uh, Small uh, Smallville. What's oh. So having TV and media. I love Smallville. And um, my favorite that... You know, eventually I'll get off my ass and 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 actually DM is uh, Dragon Age. I'm a huge Dragon Age fan, and not because I work at Bioware, but just because I like Dragon Age the RPG. You I know, love Chris, the story. I've, and the seen, lore. I've seen online that Chris would really like to play in a game rather than. That's what I've heard. <laughs> I have not run a game for him yet, so that's okay. My husband says he's going to run uh, Mutants and Masterminds, and we haven't done that yet either. So Chris is like, yeah, I'd really like to play in the game. It'd be great, and. Uh, but it was great because, you know, here's this video game. And so people who collect Dragon Age, because they love Dragon Age, right. will pick up. It's a box set. Right. And, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. Sets. Yeah, box sets. <laughs> like, oh, it's really expensive. It was not expensive. And it came with dice, you know, player handbook, uh, map, and a DM's guide. And what was really, really great about this, why I really love this system, is that the DM's guide not only, you know, had rules, but it also talked about play styles right. and how to encourage different play styles and how you can get people to work together. See, now, that's that's something that is, uh, you know, only in like the last couple of years that people felt comfortable being able to talk about that sort of thing because I remember, you know, even like 10 years ago or, you know, 15 years ago, if you tried to bring up like a suggestion, like, you know, two people in a group having clashing play styles, you would just be you know, how can you say something like that? No, we're, we're all playing this and everything's fine. No, no, no. We don't want to talk about that. And, you know, it's, you know, slowly over the last couple of years, not only has it started been becoming okay to talk about it, but games are finally starting to address those sorts of things. Yeah. And the, the uh, I've got a perfect example is that there was a game group I was on uh, back in early 2000s, and um, so it was a bunch of us together. And one of the guys brought his girlfriend all the time, and she would get a character, but she didn't really, she wasn't really into it. Mm-hmm. She was just, she was playing the throwaway. Right. That it, her, you know, we'll just come in here, you know, hey, come roll, and so she'd right. roll, and okay, and she didn't really get into it. So everybody switches out. So I ran uh, a second edition Forgotten Realms, and I am big on role play and puzzles mm-hmm. and things like that. And they're all hack and slash, Monty Hall, which is not my playstyle. Right. You know, I'm much more into character development. And um, so I put all this stuff in, and because I put all these puzzles and I put in, um, you know, interesting things and, and you know talked about character development and things like that. She absolutely got into it. Yeah. And she turned out. Turns out she's a fantastic role player. It's just that all these people she plays with, it's not their Ram. you know play style. And <coughs> so we did a LARP on. Uh, we were doing a Deadlands LARP, and she wrote some of you know great characters, great scenes, yeah. and all this. So she got really involved, create in, you know, creative wise, mm-hmm. into the whole world building and character development. But the only play style she knew was one. Yeah. And, you know, and unfortunately, you know, a lot of times when women go to game stores... Um, they get treated. 
you, there's usually one or two ways. Is that you're fresh meat, mm-hmm. which, you know, I don't have that happen to me. But I had that happen to me when I was like 18, 19, 20. You know, when I was much younger, I had that. Or you're dismissed as you're somebody's mom. Somebody's appendage. Yeah, somebody else's appendage that you don't really yeah. play. Right. You're, so, you're probably just here to buy them a gift. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, well, we can show you. We've got... You know, we've got girl comics over here, you know, if, you're, if, if, it, if they have comics. And, yeah. you know, that you're not there so you can learn how to play games. Right. And if you've got, like, you know, the nice thing, you've got Dragon's Lair in Austin. As, you know, I've, yeah, I've heard phenomenal things about yeah. Dragon's Lair in Austin. Um, a friend of mine, uh, um, Jason Dural, mm-hmm. he's in Austin, and he uh, he's a, a Chaosium designer, yeah. among other things. And he's always going on about... Dragon's Lair, it makes me feel very envious. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the part of the seminar I did yesterday, was it yesterday? What is today? Yeah. Yesterday was the gaming community. You know, how do you find these kind of things and how oh, do see, you I create wish them? See, I wish I'd known you were doing that. I would have loved to have gone to that. Yeah. So, the, you know, the, the, if you have a passion for something, if you have a passion for a particular game, a setting, um, you know, go to a game store yep. and find out how to get on their schedule. Like, I know at Dragon's Lair, I mean, I've been doing this a long time, so I know. Yeah is that when I have some time after con season is over, I'm going to run Dragon Age, you know, and I can run it at the store, and people can sign up for it. Right. Um, a lot of games, like Steve Jackson gave does playtests in yeah, game stores. A lot of people do. A lot yeah. of companies do. They, um, there's a new steampunk uh, RPG called Tefra, which is Cracked Monocle, and they're a small group of people in Austin. And they're putting together uh, and helping coordinate or organize a uh, steampunk convention in Austin oh, for 2012. Fun. And so they every Monday night they run demos of their game. Huh. You know, as they're getting ready to publish it. So it that helps them. Fun. It helps them tweak their game. It you, helps them meet people, yeah. and you know, hopefully, will turn into sales when they publish last, it. Last year, I worked for an internet. Worked with air quotes for a uh, internet uh, steampunk radio station. Mm-hmm. I used to do um, uh, monthly broadcasts for them. I DJed when I was in college and um, RTF major, yay! <laughs> no, not English major, communications minor. Yeah, well, they called it uh, back then. It was radio, TV, film. Yeah, yep. and my actually, I was I well, I, I took radio classes because I I would it would let me get credit for working on the radio station, but um, I. Um, Actually, was uh, going in to to be a journalist, so most of my communications classes were journalism stuff. Yeah. But um, I got involved in radio because um, I saw a movie when I was a kid, um, um, movie FM, mm-hmm. about the, the 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 DJs taking over the radio yep. station and throwing all the ads out and everything. That's right. Yeah, that's, and right. that's I, a I saw great that, movie. I saw that movie as a kid, and I was like, I so want to be a, a, a DJ. Um, right. And I was telling the story to a friend of mine my freshman year of college and I'm telling the story of a friend of mine she goes you know I'm the music director for our radio station do you want to have a he goes somebody like you we've got you know if, if you like music and stuff this much we've got to get you involved and I'm like uh uh okay next thing I know I'm a I'm a radio DJ and yeah my first night was horrible one of the needles on one of the turntables broke and I ended up with only one working turntable so I had to talk after every song and cue it up on air yep <laughs> yep that's kind of you know all the analog stuff you know yeah. it was crazy but it was great you know it was uh, but yeah I love it, it, long story 
not as long, but I, I, yeah, I, I, I like steampunk stuff, and so. That's my panel tomorrow, steampunk gaming. Oh, really? Yep. What time? Uh, two o'clock in in this in the ICC somewhere. I ought to remember I that. I can tell you that. I uh. Uh, ICC two forty three. Okay. I'll have to remember that. Because um, I, I don't have anything. I left tomorrow purposely empty, so I would have at least a day where I didn't have to worry about coordinating things or talking to people. Or, yeah. After after three days of being social, it'll be nice to have a day where I don't have to be. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I have my I have breakfast, and then I have a uh, panel, and that's all I have to yeah. do. So it's nice. Yeah. But, uh, well, I guess we can go ahead and wrap up. Um, is there anything? We've been going for 40 minutes now. I know. Is everybody going to listen to the whole thing? I guess we'll find out. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll forward you the link and we can watch the comments and see what uh, what happens. Um, is there anything you want to just add or readdress? Or? Um, well, you know, I, I love communities so much, and I love game communities, and... Um, like in the panel, there's my newest favorite thing mm-hmm. for social media is called Turntable FM. Yes, I finally got Turntable FM to work. Well, I mean, Music Geek, I was just talking about You probably see me on Twitter. I kept bitching that yep. I couldn't get Turntable Yeah, and to I was like, me. well, did you try a different browser? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to troubleshoot well, you. Know, yeah, what I ended up, how I ended up getting it to work finally, I, I, um, I um, found a flash drive that had an old portable Firefox install on it. Mm-hmm. And I plugged it in, fired up Firefox, and apparently my browser is too new because I'm using, um, I'm actually using Firefox 5. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, or 6 or what, whatever the, the the newest is. And apparently that's why it, would, it wouldn't work. So I, I'm using like Firefox 2 something. Mm-hmm. And I opened it up and I saw the little, the little people. And I'm like, oh, thank God it works for me finally. Yeah. And then I came here. And so I, uh, the whole time I've been thinking, man, I wish I had internet so I could play with turntable. But yeah, that... Yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. We um, I did one privately for myself because I didn't know what kind of community, how people were going to yeah. you know, behave. And so I did a private channel and then was tweeting it on Facebook. So if you could get there, I, you know, unfortunately it's in beta. So if you're yeah. not in the U.S. Right. or know how to get around between VPN and proxy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, but it's really great because uh, there's people, uh, somebody from one of the gals, Rosie Thorns from the Gen Con forum community, um, I got to meet her, and she's been in on the room, and she plays way too much ABBA. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just griefing her. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. Um, but I also created You can tell her that, a, was, at, that was at 4125, uh, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's go right to there. Yeah. And she, uh, so it's been great because all these people Stop. have dropped yeah. by, and you, they can see what you're playing Stop. if you have right. a public room. And so some people have come by, and it's like, oh, you know, because I, I did a room for 70s and 80s disco funk. Oh. That would have been fun. Oh, it was the great. Net, let me know one of these times, and if, yeah. if I'm, because I, I, I would love to get in. Yeah, I'm always like tweeting that. it. And, yeah. Um, and well, then, and then we have happen, time. you tweet, and I click, and I go, it doesn't work again. See, now you can do it. <laughs> yep. And the the great part was is when we troll each other. Like my office mate, he likes to rickroll people. <sighs> you know, all the time. And then we found uh, we find all the craziest things. Like we had the a Nixia wipe. 
So there's in WoW, there's this thing called the Anixia Wipes. Uh-huh. And if you don't play MMOs, it won't make any sense at right. all, except that it's just this guy crazy. So if you go to YouTube and look up Anixia Wipe, and somebody put it to Techno. And so it's really, really great. So then we all started playing video game music, and I started playing... Um, you know, like uh, Lazy Town, you were a pirate, yeah. and so we all started. We troll each other, right. you know, to see who could play the, the you know, the most head groaning. Oh my God, did you really play that kind of music? Yeah, because uh, I'm a real big fan of mashups, mm-hmm. and um, one of the things I like to play uh, when I'm when I'm DJing um, online for people that never heard me before is just to kind of set the tone for things. Is I have a mashup of um, the theme from the Muppet Show. This is only like about a minute, two minute, like it's under a minute ten. It's a mashup of the theme from the Muppet Show with um, Electric Six's Gay Bar. Yeah, and it is just—it's one of those things where it really kind of separates the wheat from from the chaff because people are either like, "Oh my God, what are they doing to the Muppets?" or they're like, "Yeah." Yeah, there's uh, there's the one with the Swedish chef doing popcorn. Yeah. I love that one. That is so funny. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it just builds a whole other community. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm very psyched that now I'm going to be able to play on turn table. Because what happened was one of my one of the guys. It's a uh, uh, actually I don't even think he's a designer. I think it's just a gaming fan. Somebody who blundered onto me on Twitter. Um, and one day I get this this uh, message from me. Goes, are you on turntable? No, I don't know what turntable is. And um, he's the one that actually got me in because you, you get in through Facebook, mm-hmm. and he, he got in. And then because he was in and we were friends on Facebook, it got me in. And uh, I kept going, I can't get it to work. <laughs> he was like, so. But now, nah, I'm, I'm, that's something I'm really looking forward to playing with. Well, the good thing, like on Fridays, I host uh, Gods and Heroes channel. Oh. So a bunch of the people from the dev team will come in What time in there. do you do that? Um, whenever I get to the office. Uh-huh. So, you know, somewhere around 9 o'clock, 8.30, 9 o'clock. I, you know, and then I tweet it. You know, yeah. tweet it, oh, we're in the Gods and Heroes room. And other people come in. And so I'll have the developers there and friends of mine and casual strangers. And, and we just kind of make, you know... Somebody will play like, you know, a horrible hairband 80s kind of song. And then everybody's like, oh, yeah, well, let me tell you this. And then you kind of get into these. And yeah. then somebody will totally kill it with, the, you know, like uh, old 1960s Western swing country yeah. kind of thing. It's like, oh. And then somebody will come back with, like, Dean Martin. And then somebody will come out with a show tune. And you, yeah. it just, it's really great. And you can upload your own music. Right. Which is what I've done with a lot of it. Yeah, you can always get everybody singing along when you're loading up a Monty Python song. Right. Or like, were you at the Annie's? I did not go this year. Um, uh, the 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 Shadowrun people, their song. I think it's they've always used the same song, but it's this guy going. I don't know where it's from, but it's this guy going. I'm not dead yet. And um, the Shadowrun people sat all the way in the back of the hall. So whenever they got an award and their song played, the guy had to walk all the way back. So they, they actually played like the whole thing. And he's like the third time he came up, he was going, yeah, I'm watching all of you. You guys are singing along. I can see you singing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. Like, you know, games and music and, yeah. and beer. Here's, beer. My, here's yeah. my other geek hobby. Yeah. Well, it's, it's good to be a varied geek, I think. It is. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you very much. And hopefully somebody uh, other than the two of us will listen to this. Yay! (laughs) That's okay. I'll tweet it everywhere.